It's Migrant Diaries with Ferrez, one new story every week. This week we have Entessa who will be presenting with, to us her journey and her migration story. How are you, Entessa? I'm good. Thank you for having me today. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to have us to have you on our platform. How are you doing? How's your day? How's your day been? Um, it's been okay. I like this post grad life. A lot of free time, but still applying for jobs and stuff. But so far, it's been good. How's the job search been going? How's it, uh, <laughs> it isn't going really well right now. Um, I'm still waiting on my OPT. But um, I just hope to get some jobs soon before I go to grad school. Okay, so you plan to eventually go to graduate school to further yes, 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 Okay, So, so Migrant Diaries is a platform where we talk about VRC Post um, journeys through migration and travel in the world. So we're wondering... How do you come to be here? Can you just give us a backstory of you getting here? To the US. To the US, okay, yeah. Um, so, um, like most of my old friends, I went to UWC in mm. Italy, and then I applied for a scholarship, and I got into the United States. That's just a short version of it. But I've always wanted to come to a country that has a lot of opportunities, uh, especially more than what most countries in Africa have. And... Um, because of EWC and through many support system, I made it to the United States mm-hmm. about four years ago. So what is home for you? Home? <laughs> That's a very hard question. <laughs> um, well, there was a time, if you asked me this question, I could tell you home was a place or just Ethiopia for mm-hmm. me. But uh, throughout the years, I realized that home is just more than a place, uh, more than a feeling even. Um, I guess home is just something that makes me feel not a stranger Mm. as I feel if I was at a new place. Mm. Um, I mean, right now, I don't really know what home is. When I go to Ethiopia, I still have to try to fit in because I've forgotten so many things. Not completely forgotten, but... I have adopted other cultures and I've got to meet people from very different countries. And when I come here too, it's the same thing. I'm not completely, I don't completely belong to this place. So I don't know what home is, but I feel like home is something that would make you feel like you're not a stranger. Mm. So you mean that's that sense of feeling like a stranger conflict or it changes your perspective of what home is can you like talk more about it so you mean you don't feel at home here because you feel like a stranger um i guess like it depends Mm -hmm. sometimes i feel like i'm home here so home could be like the people Mm. around you or the kind of things you like Mm. and the place too but more importantly it's when you don't feel like you're a stranger like you could fit in without trying so hard Mm, okay which is not easy for most of international students because we keep moving. We don't really settle at one place for a long time. And that kind of takes this sense of home. Away from from, yeah. uh, from from it. So, but you've been here for four years, haven't you? Yeah, so yeah. Would, you, would you say within those four years, we are still not able to find our groundedness in the United States? Um, <laughs> I have. I, I feel like I have found it in Luther. But also that kind of being uh, not straight because let's say I was a freshman and I met people who were like sophomores, juniors, and seniors. And one generation, like 
one year leaves and other people come and I still have to get used to other people. Mm. So this kind of has been changing what home means for me, mm. especially because I really depend on people to define home for myself. Mm, that's interesting. So what would you say your experience as a migrant like from Ethiopia through um, being in Italy to being in the United States? What would you say has been like? Um, it has been a lot of things, mm. especially has been enlightening. Mm. I have, uh, I should say I have really found myself being in this journey. Um, I, I didn't know anything when I left Ethiopia. I was only 16 mm -hmm. and not exposed to a lot of things. I was a small town girl who only knew a few things. <laughs> and then coming out of Ethiopia and meeting people from like 89 different countries. And then again, the United States. I've been exposed to many things, many people, cultures, um, areas of knowledge. And yeah, this immigration has been enlightening letting me find out what my talents are, what I can do with them, and and to grow as a person, too. Mm, interesting. I like the fact that you say that the, your migration has made you found your talent. So you're a very talented spoken word artist where you do various performances. And so would you say if you hadn't left home, you didn't have found that part of yourself, or it would have come naturally or eventually? Um, well, like, I, I can't say I'm really good at spoken words. No, she's trying to be humble here. <laughs> she's really good anyway. Yeah. The thing is, like, when I was back home, I did poetry, but okay. it wasn't spoken word. Mm. Like, I don't know the word for it. Like, spoken word doesn't even exist in Amharic. Mm. We have, like, poetry, and it's written, and it's it has to have rhythm. And I did that as a child. Okay. But, um... I could write that, but I didn't have a lot of audience to say to, or I guess I should say Amharic poetry is very limiting because mm. you have to have the rhythm. You can't really say everything you want. But with spoken word, it doesn't have to have rhythm. You can say whatever you want, and it's just like writing and just reading it out loud, except that I don't really read it from a paper. Mm, interesting. So you'd say coming, leaving home, give you that access or maybe gives you a, the poetry you're used to in Amharic was different from spoken word. So you have more an expanded like version of poetry where you could navigate and try new things yeah. because of the kind of the structured form of Amharic poetry. Yeah, I guess I just, I came across um, something called spoken word when I was a freshman in um, Luther. And um, I don't think I would have been exposed to something like that back in Ethiopia. So the moment I found it, I just felt something, you know, I was like, maybe I can do this. This is something I love. Mm. I want to do it. I want to explore uh, this thing. And then I guess, yeah, I think migration has done that for me mm. in a way. Yeah, interesting. So how do you think, so how do you think you are perceived when you travel? Like, do you think you, like when you, when you travel from home or from wherever you, I'm sure you've traveled a bit extensively. Mm -hmm. So how do you think you are perceived? Like, a, as a person? Like, as a person, yeah. Um, or you don't I, think about it too, as well? I, I, I try not to think about it, uh, but there are some... Like, I have a name that's, like, completely Muslim. So, I have Entisar Jamal Kadir. So, in the airports, I have issues passing securities and stuff like that. Like, there was a time in the Netherlands, they just said random... Uh, what is it? Random security check. Like, yeah. And then, in that place... 
it just happened to be everybody who has a name that is more Islam-like, and I was one of them, you know? But I don't really, I don't really think about it that way. I just think it was random or just let it go or something. Um, but I don't really remember an experience that personally attacked me for being an outsider or something while traveling. Hmm, interesting. Let's go back to your port, your port, your poetry <laughs> work, and your being a spoken artist. So I've observed when you do your performances, you have this sense of fusion with music, with various other like forms of art that makes it almost like a. It's more uh, an a performance. You get me? So it's like, oh, I remember doing um, a celebration I attended where you were given a po you were reciting a poem. They had you had two other people, one person on the guitar and one person singing like a song, mm -hmm. and you were re reading your poem and it was just this beautiful body of work. So what would you say those where would you say those influences come from? Um so I've said this a lot of times maybe, but um so my favorite spoken word is called Alicia Harris. Okay. So and she is from one of the spoken word groups called a Strivers Raw. And um I basically follow her. I just see uh, myself in her most of the time when she performs. She does this music and spoken word together, and I just give it a try once. And uh, my high school friend, Ramon, I was just talking to her one time, and we were just watching this video, and I told her, maybe we should try this thing for Kwanzaa, or I, I think it was Kwanzaa. Yeah, it was Kwanzaa. Yeah, and then I didn't really think it was going to turn out really good, but it, it just turned out it was great people's talent there like the Ishmael was playing the guitar and Namun was singing so I think they also helped but um, it's also because I love doing it and I don't even think about it when I perform because I'm like giving all my so all of my talents it's very to passionate it. and yeah it's from I a think, deep place mm. I think that helps for like the total Thank you, though. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you're really good. I'll just have to call it out and say it. It's, you're really good at that. So, so right now that you're, you are in the United States, you're in the West, or like yeah, you've been in the West for a while. Is there a tendency for you to stay here from home? Is there like pressures from home for like, oh, she's come to the West, so she should stay here till she's quote unquote established before she comes back? Or there isn't such a tendency. What What do you think about such like pressures from home, if um, there are any? Well, there are definitely pressures from home, especially from my family, and I guess everybody else, else that I know. Um, uh, they say that me going back home is a mistake, if I want to. Um, and I also understand where they're coming from. Uh, for me to get here, a lot of people have paid so much and have supported me throughout the way. And I guess for me to just go back home without anything tangible right now, except for my college degree, sounds like superficial. But um, I hope to return back home one day and um, there would come a point where I would explain to my parents or my family and everyone else who's against me that this is the right thing for me or this is what I want. Mm. But I don't think it's the time for me to go back home right now. Mm. I hope to accomplish a lot more than what I am right now. Okay. So let's go to let's for, fast forward to let's say 50 years no 50 years is too far let's say 10 years from now so what factors will be in place for you to return home maybe you have an advanced degree or, and what else if you don't mind sharing with us um uh well yeah it should be uh something like an advanced degree masters um something 
tangible, you know, something that I can make a business out of that, well, that being the fundamental human need right now. Um, yeah, I just, I guess I just need to have something that I can count on for me to go back home, considering Ethiopia is not in a good place or won't be for the next few years. Um, I just, I just have to have this accomplishment for me to go back to. Otherwise, it would just be a waste of time and starting from square. Mm, that, makes, that makes sense. So why did you why did you migrate? Do you think it was a result of circumstance or of choice? And if so, how so? In your in your situation, like you think, oh, it was a result of circumstances, or mm. it was your choice to migrate, or it was a blend of both. Uh, I guess yeah, it's a blend of both. Um, well, I got the scholarship for UWC, but I also applied for it, so it was a choice. But then also, I could have stayed in Ethiopia and worked hard for it. But then I saw that there are more, a lot more opportunities abroad than there were in Ethiopia. So the circumstances being that Ethiopia being a less opportunistic country, but then my choice being applying for it. I guess that's a blend of all. So what factors will have to be in place for you to return? I'm very interested in this like this situation of people return migration back to the African continent and people choosing to stay. As you said earlier, you want to go, I agree with that, to, to go back in a, in a position where you're able to contribute meaningful to society. Going back with a bachelor's degree, yes, someone might say, oh yeah, you could do something with it, but you wouldn't be able to make that significant impact with mm -hmm. just your bachelor's degree. So you have to maybe gain more experience and stuff. So what are certain factors that would have to be in place in your country for you to be to return back, back home? Uh, well, to start off, I think the peace and mm -hmm. the stability in Ethiopia has to be safe for people to return as of now because uh, the country right now is like having a lot of crisis with the government and there's like state of emergency being imposed on people like every six months when they say one is over another one is being imposed and yeah apart from peace i guess i guess i don't need anything else like i don't know extreme development or growth for me to return but um i just want to be able to do something i just want to be able to have an impact on my country and that happens when I have an advanced degree or uh, an accomplishment that I can only in my opinion right now achieve in this country or anywhere else but Ethiopia hmm, interesting so what success to you um, uh, well as a recent graduate from college i think success is finding a job that makes you happy <laughs> or yeah. something that you don't feel forced to do something that you feel like you can do without somebody forcing you or pushing you or for the money mm. but yeah i think finding something that makes you happy in general for me is success mm. so in your travels what do you allow yourself to see and what don't you care to see or 
not to see like physical things like everything so like oh. yeah how do you engage with like your travel when you travel let's say you're going to a new place what do you allow yourself to see mm -hmm. and what do you care to see or not to see mm -hmm. um from experience i think i like to see a lot of things um I, except i got sick of seeing museums a lot in europe everywhere we go it was museums and like art places but um i like to see culture mm. um i like how people live and their style life mm. and way of life things um and then i like to meet people i like languages i like to learn new languages mm. um I don't think I have limits on seeing, like, allowing myself whatever I want to see and while I travel. Mm. I don't know if that answers. Oh, yeah, that answers. So how do you engage with the local culture? So what do you do? Can you just give us, let's say, you dropped at the airport in maybe Barcelona. How mm. do you engage with local culture? I'm just curious. Okay. Um, I like, okay, so first of all, I like to know at least a word or two of many languages like as much as i can especially going to uwc um i have known how to say hello hi or something in many languages and so i ask where i don't know the nearest restaurant is around the airport let's say and try their food and ask about what the name of the food is or what's like i don't know engaging in conversations with the people there mm. and just learning a thing or two while I'm at it. So, when, as of now, where do you feel grounded? Grounded? Yeah, grounded. Okay, so where do you feel like, oh, okay, I can live here for the next 10 years without feeling like the other or outsider? Mm. Or you feel like naturally at home mm -hmm. in the states yes yeah, so where i don't know i'm asking you um i don't know I, that's a hard question i really don't know i'm still looking for it i guess no. i i felt grounded in decora for four years but then we all know that was temporary and i had to move and i guess i guess there is nothing called grounded for me right now like every time i move i just need to settle adopt to a new culture get to know the place and then I feel, well, I, when I feel grounded, something comes up and I move. I, I hope that that won't be the case in the future. But mm. so far, as of now, I really don't think I know. And would you say, though, that, like, I don't say, like, period of, okay, you know you're going to be here for a specific time. Mm -hmm. And after that time, you're going to move to the next place. Do, does it affect your engagement or how you develop connections and roots with, let's say, the folks on in that place? Or it doesn't? Let's say, for instance, with Dakora, you said you were going to be there for four years. So you kind of felt grounded within those four years. But knowing very well that after the four years, you're going to move on to the next next destination. Did that affect how you engage and how you relate to people? Or it didn't necessarily affect that? Um, I think in the beginning it did, knowing that I was going to leave that place. I tried not to be super attached to the place. But then it naturally just wore off and started thinking that was home for me. And kind of forgot that I was leaving. And then, you know, I, I don't think you can control this kind of feelings, but you just get used to it and you feel like that's where you belong. But then, yeah, it definitely affects you in the beginning. But then you naturally just let it go and just give you all in place. Mm -hmm. 
So what would you say you like about traveling and moving to different places or living in different places? What is it that what do I like? Like about it, yeah. Um, I think it, I just like meeting new people, people. Mm-hmm. and just talking to them and learning about like a new country, something I don't know about new country. Because mm-hmm. like before I started traveling, I I really didn't know some countries even existed, like East Timor, mm-hmm. and then the first person I met in UWC was from East Timor and I was wondering if that was a city or a place you know I mean we learn at school that there are like 55 countries uh, in Africa or something but then the fact that you're like physically exposed to people from those countries make you know about them make you remember them Mm -hmm. more than you just know them theoretically you know so I like that aspect of traveling that's interesting and you think it's something that people should strive for or it should be encouraged to meet people from various places um i guess it's definitely about choices but um yeah it's a good thing from i can tell people that from experience meeting new people has definitely changed me the way i see the world my perspectives and yeah it's, it should be something that should be encouraged for people to see but i think it's always a matter of choices mm-hmm. and yeah so as an african woman how do you think you're perceived when you travel? Um, people look at my hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I feel like that's the first thing they look at. And um, Why so? Can you elaborate on that? I usually have braids and okay. long hair. That's okay. probably why. But um, the thing is, like, back home in Ethiopia, when we all are, like, from the same country and we feel like, you know, there is no racial or... I don't know, ethnic groups of, like, um, as, at least I've never seen anybody, uh, how do you say, like, anybody being against me because of, your, because of my tribe or, or being from a certain ethnic group. group. Okay. Or, in short, I didn't know that I was black mm. or, like, because everybody was black where I was from, right? Mm. And the moment I left... I guess it just made me realize that I'm black. Mm. And, so, okay. And just people see me for that first before they see anything else. I mean, that's my opinion. But I don't really think about it that way anymore. Because there are a lot of people who go with my experience through here. So would you say, like, when we are home, as you're saying, being kind of the norm, for lack of a better word, like, you didn't think about your blackness to that point. You knew you were black, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, like, at the core of your identity. Yeah. But when you left, that's when it was more, like, thrust upon you. Mm-hmm. And would you say it was positive, or I had an element of positivity and negativity to it as well. Like, the idea of blackness is great, and as used in, like, yeah. the United States, and it's a very empowering term. But it also comes with certain connotations and that people have. In your experience, would you say it's been a blend of both, or what do you say, that experience? I guess it mostly has been negative. Mm. I'm in Europe, I would say, I just don't like when people see the color in you first instead of, like, anything else you could come. Like, I could appear as, like, I don't know, um, you know, a friendly person. But mm. instead of saying, you are friendly, the first thing they see is my color. Mm. That is very offensive to me. But in Europe, it was more like I was special. Mm. They don't really get to see a lot of colored people in general. Mm. So people like you, but I I wonder if they liked me because I was black and special or because I was just different. 
So, you know, I would always wonder about that. But in the United States, it was more like, you know, people would say, oh, you're very pretty for a black girl. I have personally had people saying that to me. And I really didn't know what to say for most of the time. And I guess it's like, why couldn't you just say you are pretty? But why did you have to say you are very pretty for a black girl? And that just shows that people look at me for my color first and then the other personality I have. So it kind of just doesn't make sense to me, but that has been the way. And would you say that has affected you, let's say, your sense of self or your self-esteem with these, like, pressures of identity, identity politics and all that stuff? Of, okay, you being black and, as you said, the comments you just said right now, has it affected your sense of self? I guess in the beginning, yeah, like when someone says you're very pretty for a black girl, I thought, so I'm not pretty compared to a lot of people. I'm just pretty compared to most black women, right? So that was like, you know, hmm. And there are a lot of people who are not black around here. So you're just telling me I am pretty amongst, uh, like, a lot of people, but comparing only comparing me only with the black people. That really affects my self-esteem in a way because I always thought, like, people are not going to compare me with everyone else. It's just there is always going to be this thing. You are black, so you are going to be first seen as a black woman, and then the other things come after. Mm-hmm. So, but after like a while, I got used to it. So I think being a black person even empowers me more than it used to. And also, I just really don't think about what people say most mm-hmm. of the time after. So based on your positive experience in travel, would you like, if you had, let's say, if money and time were, weren't a problem, would you travel more? Yes, definitely. I would travel more. Mm. And I have another question. So do you look at the impact of your travel? Let's when you travel to a place, how your presence in that space impacts the people, the, the local people, your sense of like... um having more, let's say, financial resources in that space, do you look at how, the, do you, like, go back and retro, retrospectively reflect on it, how it impacts the local people, or you just don't do that, or you just not even, haven't even thought about it? Um, I guess I've never really thought about my presence affecting that area, mm. but um, unconsciously I would think that maybe they've never seen someone like me around there. And that would probably give them some information on where mm. I come from about my origins and stuff like that. But never really about the financial side of it. Mm, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, Enzisa, for having for coming on Migrant Diaries. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you, Perez. Thank you for having me.